All right, Jeremy, just you and me. Uh, we are going At last. To, we are going to talk about the South by Southwest Film Festival, something a little bit different, which mm-hmm. we attended. Yep, we got the invite. Um, which was great. Uh, exclusive invite. Um, esteemed critics. I think esteem, it's yeah, VIP, top critics. Top critics, VIP, something like We were honored guests. Um, yes. But, we got a standing um, ovation. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was strange. Yeah. And I think the filmmakers were a little put off by that after their movie when when they, they recognized us. They were, um, they were nervous, and, and it's understandable. But uh, uh, in all seriousness, Amazon Prime Video and the South by Southwest Film Festival got together and streamed for 10 days uh, several of the movies that were going to screen at the film festival in Austin this year, which was, of course, canceled. Uh, so we tried to check out as many of those as we could mm. so that we could discuss some of those movies uh, that we wouldn't typically see, as well as the the festival, quote-unquote, uh, as well on a and, podcast. So Yeah, and Chapin wasn't able to make it to the festival this year. He didn't. He just had, you know, between, yeah. you know, XYZ and quarantining, he just couldn't get there, which is fine. Um, but Jeremy, right off the bat, what, uh, just general thoughts on the, the festival experience for you. What did you think of it? I mean, it's convenient, which is like no different than any on-demand streaming, but there's also that problem where you have one foot out the door. There's your, you know, one eye is looking somewhere else cause you're mm-hmm. sitting in your own living room. Um, and I've always found the festival experience unique uh, and part of that is being in the theater and in the room with the filmmakers because even i mean south by southwest uh videos try to do something with the filmmaker introducing every one of these videos or somebody from south by southwest introducing the videos and if you've ever been to a screening there's almost always either uh, a host that introduces it or the filmmaker introduces it and you get to have a Q&A after. And that's a very unique experience um, to these festivals. Uh, and there's there's definitely something to be said for sitting in the room, sitting in a dark, dark theater, uh, wa- watching a movie that the filmmaker is, you know, in that room with you. Uh, it lends it a different experience and maybe you're – Honestly, maybe your critiques are a little lighter or, you know, you, you, you root for them a little bit more. I don't know. Um, here, it's like any other on-demand experience as far as, like, you're, you're in control of, uh, of what you're seeing. I mean, you can pause it. You know, even these shorts, I mean, hopefully you're able to get through these six, 12-minute shorts. But, you know, there is that difference that I found. I um, what I liked about watching these, and I don't know if maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I've felt this way at festivals before. I don't have. I haven't been to a lot of movies at film festivals, but I've been to some, and I don't know if I remember feeling this way or not. And maybe it's just kind of the familiarity of, you know, perusing what's available streaming, and how I look for what I'm going to watch. You know, you pay attention to critical reviews. Like, I, I usually have four or five screens open when I'm trying to decide what to watch on any given night. I've got Netflix, Prime, HBO, Hulu, IMDb, and Metacritic all in front of me. I try to see what's streaming, what the IMDb rating is, what the Metascore is. And 
you know, I have all these avenues to just try to decide what I'm going to watch. And mm. here, you're going into these movies with as, as blank a slate as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting experience. I mean, I even I remember when we, you and I went to go see Parasite, we both talked about how we had no idea what this movie was about. We had seen the trailer, of course, but the trailer had, wasn't overly revealing. But we knew, we knew the, the reviews, reviews were exactly. Positive. We knew that this had a 95 or something like that on Metacritic, so we knew that. And here you don't have anything. You have three ratings on Amazon Prime Video. You'd be lucky if you can find these yeah. on the internet. Like, right, <laughs> so there's, there's not a lot. So going into a movie that blind is a unique experience and I think a really interesting one, and, and I enjoyed that that says nothing about how I felt about the movie afterwards. I mm. liked kind of going in totally blind and not knowing at all what to expect. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, is unique to festivals, whether you're there or whether they're doing it like this. Um, so for, if for no, nothing else, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I ended up watching 18 of the shorts and three of the features. Um, I know that's more you than did, you got to. You did better than me. I mean, uh, I, I could count them up, but it was it's probably around... Uh, 12 to 14 total. Okay, so um, why don't you list off a couple highlights for me, either shorts or features. And... Well, before we before we do that, what was your overall sort of, before we get into the individual yeah. films, what was your overall feeling on these? So I think that there's clearly an effort to find films that are like this for this festival, or at least the ones that they chose to stream. Uh, a lot of films about important subjects a lot of issues movies um and i think a lot of these movies sort of push the boundaries on some things that we've seen in movies before there's a lot of movies shorts and features that explore homosexuality uh there's a documentary about a, cha- a transgender person that has has changed genders twice went from a a, a boy to a, a, a woman back to a man um so there's a lot of that and i think it's great that filmmakers are going at these issues and you know putting their thoughts and feelings about them on screen but in a broad sense two things one i found that there was an issue with these movies appealing to a broad audience i think that there's a demographic for these movies of course and that's good and that's fine but i think a big challenge that some of these filmmakers faced and maybe didn't overcome was sculpting these issues into an engaging movie for their audience. I think it's one thing to watch a movie and say this is relevant. I think it's another thing to watch a movie and say this is a good movie. So the issues became more important than the quality of filmmaking. Exactly. And I think that was, speaking in broad terms, a little bit of a, an issue I had with the the uh, movies overall. Yeah, my overall sort of opinion is it's kind of twofold. Part The positive part is I... It made me feel good. The The other part is I thought most of the movies were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain. <laughs> so it made me feel good as somebody who, you know, once did these sort of movies. And, it, you know, it's been a it's been a bit of time since we were those filmmakers yep. trying to make it. And I I don't see a huge chasm or difference between the films that we saw back then and the films that we just uh, watched on South by Southwest. Yeah. Um, 
it goes to show how hard it is to make a film, and that hasn't changed, even with all the technology and the easier yeah. access to equipment and just more usually more time gives lends better results and i thought going into this film festival i'd see all these shorts and i'd just be blown away by most of them just a lot of talented filmmakers and i was i was wrong i i was surprised at how bad some of the films were um and that's overall obviously there were a few standouts there were a few movies i really thought worked um, but in general, I thought it was, you know, low quality filmmaking. And and I think to your point, I, I think a lot of them got in there because they're issue based movies and not necessarily because they're the best filmmakers. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of the quality of these movies. And when you say it's low quality filmmaking, we're not talking about low technical quality. That's sort no. of impossible to do even now. They're, they are amateur filmmakers and you the can stories, tell by watching them. the acting exactly the, it, they just don't know quite there and yeah that what surprised me most about that aspect is that this is south by southwest film festival this is a big legitimate right. respected film festival um and maybe maybe and i i would understand this that the 35 plus movies that they chose to stream out of the many that they would have at the festival typically were ones that weren't necessarily the ones that are going to get distribution either from as features or the ones that are going to somehow show up as best shorts at the Oscars or whatever it may be. Maybe they chose a certain type of movie, you know, rookie filmmakers a lot. You heard in a lot of those introductions that this is my first film this is you know so so maybe that was what they were looking for to stream and that's good i guess um i would have loved to have Wait, had that when we made why ours, they didn't but, stream the whole catalog um i don't i i mean it was about it was a little more than 35 movies total for 10 if, days i mean i'm I sure had to... it had something to do with the agreements with south by southwest but right and i bet the better films may be getting platform and distribution somewhere yeah, else so didn't want and they don't want to yeah they don't want it just hey so i think that's part of why we got the films we got sure um so that being said let's before we go to highlights let's go to some low lights some sure. some examples of what we're kind of talking about and um one i uh, that sort of stood out to me was a, a short film did you see called single yeah, uh, and that was one that I was uh, disappointed in as well. And the acting is what stands out. Yeah, it was really bad acting and re just really sort of on-the-nose writing. Like, yeah. this lady had one arm, and she just hated the world because yeah, she so thought the, everyone... And she the, was just... The plot is a, a woman that has um, has one arm. She has a uh, disability that has rendered, given her has only one arm, which I guess... Uh, based on the the introduction by the filmmaker is the same disability that she has. And she goes on a blind date, and it turns out her blind date only has one hand. And which she, pisses her off, apparently. And, which pisses her off. It, remi it Literally, I wrote down, it reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza gets set up on a blind date with a bald woman and, <laughs> and gets mad about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the acting was bad. But, but it wasn't really, meant to be funny. Exactly. It wasn't meant to be funny. The acting was not good, and there was a lot of on-the-nose lines, 
and it, like over and over again, you had the same scene where a, a character tries to be nice to the woman with one arm because they see that she has one arm. But it it had this thing that bugs me in all types of movies, which is the the really angry protagonist. This woman was just angry in this movie, and there's no way to root for her. And that was unlikable, totally yeah. unlikable. And like, why are we going to feel sympathy for this person for any reason? Uh, and she couldn't, you know, she couldn't act her way out of the one yeah. note that yep. was given to her. So partly it was the writing, partly it was it was her. Um, and it was just like, oh, you have one hand, I have one arm, I can't fucking believe this. And, right. And, and it's just, uh, okay. And again, that's an issues movie in a and way. An interesting I think. idea. I mean, like on the surface, that concept on paper, a woman with one arm goes on a blind date, turns out she's there with a guy with one hand and gets pissed about it. I'm like, okay, I mean, I can see where that might work, but... But the problem is, a lot of these films like this one, it 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 had the idea of the one-armed the one armed lady that, that killed Harrison Ford's wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it had the idea of the one-armed lady going on the, the, the date, but it didn't have a story built with it. Right. It didn't have something that actually the, the more important thing is telling the audience a story it cared about that that issue of this lady who who feels like she's been gawked out of her whole life which probably has but um it wasn't a good portrayal of that another example of this and this has a actual big name in it was and maybe you disagree with me lee um did you see the short film vert with nick I frost no nope. uh, okay. i didn't see that one so Tell again here's another movie that um, it's set in the future, and it's really it, the I, the concept is about this man who wants who who always wanted to be a woman, and that was the crux of the movie. And then the movie was sort of built around that, rather than the story integrating that into itself. Right. Um, and it was well shot. It was well acted. It just it didn't it didn't work it did the story itself didn't work um so it sort of it fell flat um do you have oh well go ahead do you well, have any you want to yeah, you want to complain about <laughs> you know there's the, the there was a movie called broken bird um i couldn't unf- see that because you told yeah unfortunately this was a miss like i so this is a story of a it's a young biracial woman on the eve of her bat mitzvah um she's part black and part jewish uh, it, 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 her parents are clearly separated, um, in the movie. Her, her dad is played by, and you know what? I don't know his name, but he's in the wire and he's in always sunny in Philadelphia. He's one of Frank's friends that hangs out down by the bridge. Um, is he bubbles in the wire? No, 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 not bubbles. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter, but, um, and he's okay in it. But other than that, the acting is actually really bad, which of course hurts it, um, and this is the thing about the bad acting in shorts is like you don't have a lot of time to make up for bad acting. You know, you don't have a way to cut around it. You know, I, we had some bad acting issues in our feature. There's always a way to cut around it because you have an hour and a half. You have two hours. When you have 12 minutes, what right. are you supposed to do? There's nowhere to go. You can't you can't cut a scene. So that was disappointing. I mean, again, you can see the where they were trying to go thematically and it just doesn't totally work. So that was that was a miss for me. Um, you know, a couple others that I was disappointed in, but like not that they were bad movies. It just I don't think they were up my alley. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this 
talk about which movies sucked. Um, yeah. I think it'd be more interesting to hear what you liked. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's talk about what I liked. And I also want to talk a little bit about comedies, both bad and good, just because I think it's sure. interesting. Um, my weirdly, the, the movies I liked, I ended up watching sort of towards the end, sort of last minute, which I'm really glad I, I went, I, I saw them. And I would say my top two movies, top two shorts, um, and the only thing I watched that wasn't a short was a documentary called Cursed Films. Oh, okay, uh, did I didn't you, watch that. Were you able to see that? No. No. Uh, it, it, somewhat interesting, not worth, uh, you know, sure. five episodes, which it's trying to do. But um, so there was a, a movie called Style Wild. Did you no, see I that? I didn't see that either. No. So oh, good. that I, one. It seemed like you saw a couple that I didn't. Yeah, that one actually was really good. It was both funny and and sad um it's about this couple this eccentric couple they don't know if they're gonna stay together or this or that the woman gets pregnant um and it's about them sort of coming to terms with the fact that they're pregnant getting excited about it and um and then losing the baby so it's a it's a rough one um and then my i think my favorite uh was a a movie called Run On. Did you see that short? Nope, I didn't see that. It either. was a, it was a one take in this sort of bus stop, and it was all about this kid, and the kid never says a word, which I think was smart uh, on the director's part. Um, but he, his acting was great. Just his facial expressions. He, when he had to cry, he had to cry. Like you could tell all the things that this kid was going through in this, uh, you know. 11 minute time period and this it takes it's one take the whole time and it's him going back and forth going to the bathroom dealing with his mother uh dealing with whoever the ex-boyfriend that comes in and then you know leaving the situation and i thought the filmmaking was amazing on that and and it the one take really really helped that story so um that was probably my favorite and then there was a comedy that i liked um called daddy-o uh, yeah i saw that yeah lot, that one i think was bigger names in that movie bigger names in that one but that was actually a comedy that i think worked for me so for the most part that worked my issue there was so that that to me was and i this is exactly how i wrote it down this was daddy-o was 19 minutes of pretty funny actors delivering funny lines well which is great but i think there but was a little I don't more think to that was with a, the funeral yeah, see, i think that and... missed i think that part missed i think you were. I was struggling with the motivations of of the characters and like how they were really trying to deal with some of the issues. But I liked it for sure. I mean, I really liked that scene when they were all to, uh, sitting together. The scene with June, Diane, Raphael, um, and they're looking at the pictures. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's a fun. It's like, a funny short. It's a yeah. fucked up funny short. Yeah. So yeah, that was. I liked that too. Um, so my my absolute favorite movie of the entire. Uh, festival was a short documentary um, sort of done in, in like creating some narrative or not narrative, creating some mock scenes as well was called Modern Whore. Did you watch this? I did. You love that one? I thought it was so good. I lo- like, I just thought really, that, I just thought, I mean, look, it, I'm sure it helps that, that um, her name is Andrea War- Warhun. I'm, it helps that she's really attractive, but like she was really likable. Like that, like I thought that, the brilliance of this movie was not that she was exposing the BS on 
these ridiculous message boards where apparently escorts are are rated and reviewed. It's that. Oh, this, that's disgusting. What are these messages? What, this is so disgusting. How yeah, do I get, avoid? What's the, what's the website? Let me get. <laughs> no, it's that like you just without realizing it, you believe her story and you can slot that right into the believing women aspect that you know is is very relevant today and maybe that's intentional but i thought how seamlessly that was done and how well this movie made this this person likable and relatable and believable was was great and it was funny and i thought that the way that they kind of shot this movie was interesting like i really really liked it i thought i would never have guessed that that would have been that that would have been your favorite movie because I, I, I didn't, thought, I didn't really find her that likable, to be really? honest. Yeah, and I just, I didn't care. I didn't oh, care see, about I, her story. I, so I did because, like, I just think this is like a this is a world you don't ever hear about, other than the obvious, and you don't really care to. And I think it's interesting that like she, so she is a she is a, a former escort, um, and she's written a book. And she describes some experiences that she had, and she goes to this mess, this this review site, and she finds reviews of herself, and she tells how it really went. This guy talks about how, you know, she was, you know, doing every single sex position with him, and like she, she was amazing. And then she tells about the real story is how he couldn't even get a boner, which I just think is, of course, the the broad example of it. But I think that that's that was interesting, and it was interesting to hear this woman talk about this without having any regrets of this life. Like she clearly like liked what she did and felt like she was good at it and feels like she should be respected for being good at it. And so it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, demeaning the profession of, of being an escort, which I thought was an additional Mm. nice touch that this movie had. And I just kind of liked how it was done stylistically. I liked the little bits of, like the old detective movie genre that they threw into it. I thought that was a really clever way to do a, a, a 12 minute documentary short. Well, yeah, you got something out of it that I didn't. Um, um, did you see broken orchestra by any chance? I didn't. Is that one so good? that, so it was okay. What you talked about the, the one take movie that you liked and what this, what I think the highlight was is they, they did a mock-up one take on this documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about, um, it's basically about how schools, um, I think it takes place in Philadelphia, have lost an immense amount of funding for music programs. Um, it was like, went from like half a million dollars to like $5,000 in 10 years or something like that. Um, so uh, an organization took a bunch of broken instruments that weren't being used and fixed them and allowed students to use them and and learn music at schools. So the way that they do it is it's almost entirely interview based, but they have TVs on like the little rollers that you have in schools um, set up in the hallways and in classrooms. And they just kind of walk the camera around the school to show to each TV to hear the interview. So the camera's constantly moving and there's some hidden cuts. What does that course, do? What does that accomplish? It was new. Other it was something cool. different. It, and it was just something new to watch a, a, a documentary that was made up exclusively of interviews 
they could have just sat the people down and it's the black canvas behind them like every other uh, one that you do. Um, but there was also an effect about seeing the school so empty and see like because there was nothing else there. And it just felt like an abandoned school. And it gave you this idea of this abandoned music program. I just thought it was effective. I didn't love the movie. I just thought it was a, a clever choice, something new. And, and those, I think, are the types of movies that you should see in festivals where somebody tries something new. Even if the movie doesn't work as a whole, they did something different. Um, and I really liked that. Um, no Crying at the Dinner Table won the Grand Jury Prize for documentary short, I guess, at South yeah, by did, Southwest. I didn't see that, um, yeah. So this was a pretty moving movie. It's a, it's, um, it starts with the, um, the interviewer telling, and I think it's her family, um, and I think they're Vietnamese, that, you know, hey, you remember when I recorded these, I told you that everybody was going to hear them. And then she plays the interviews back for them. And each one of them talks very authentically and intimately about an instance um, revolving a death of a loved one in their life. And, you know, they take some turns in that you really don't expect where they all sort of reveal some level of regret and revolving around their relationship with that person. And it's pretty moving and pretty impactful. And you can see how these people kind of break down on camera as they're listening to themselves talk about or watching themselves talk about these things and then at the end you literally see them wrap up the movie they say like cut at the end and like you see them kind of talking about like and trying to like recover from having watched this experience that they already went through and again another kind of unique way to do a documentary but really handled some you know deep subject matter and i thought that that was a um a really um really interesting way to do the short uh, blocks, did you see that? Nope. Blocks, you might want to... Uh, well, unfortunately, you can't now. That one's about a, a mother of two that starts um, vomiting plastic toys. And yeah, it's I all saw sort the of a description metaphor. of it. Yeah, it's all sort of a metaphor for how hard it is to be a parent. Um, and basically, she then builds a little... F- lego fort for herself and hides in it from her kids and that's how she gets better because she just needed some time to herself and it just felt really uh really relevant especially now with all the kids home for everybody i thought that was that was nice um what else did you see anything else that you want to talk yeah, about I, 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 did you see um did you see figurant yeah okay can you explain it to me no, I that's what I was idea. hoping you could explain God to me. Yeah, I like the idea too, and I thought, oh, I, you know, we were thinking maybe he's an extra in a movie, or I that, like, yep. like what, like what is actually going on? But there was no explanation at all. Yeah, which hurt. What could have been really good, like yeah, because I was like, what is, is this happening like, Is this here? battle royale? Is this a movie? Is this? I couldn't figure it out. So this is so it's um. I think it it felt very much like a almost like a forty eight hour film festival because at the end they tell you what you know they give you the definition of figurant like yeah. so they almost like they were supposed to have a character that doesn't have any dialogue the entire movie like that was their task and right. it's this old guy who shows it. up and he's told to like take off all his clothes and they give him a, a uniform and a helmet and a gun. And he walks out of this building and then, like, all of a sudden is in the forest. Shot really nicely. Production value oh, really yeah. good. Um, 
and then he, you know, he lights a cigarette for a guy, and then all of a sudden people start getting shot around him. And, and he gets shot. Then he gets shot. And then he wakes up, and everybody's okay. He gets water. <laughs> yeah, he gets some water, and then they go back, and he changes his clothes back, and he leaves. And I was like, okay. And then he got paid. So he got. So, yeah, and they said tomorrow, too. Like, it's yeah. something he could do again. So I had a couple questions. I was like, if it's just like this game that you can do, then why the makeup artist? Like, why put the scar, like, fake scar on his head? Yeah. Like, why is that stuff necessary? If it's just like a game of paintball, basically. Um, but then the other part, if it's, if it's just a game, why are they having such a hard time paying people to do it? It's looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's just a game where you get shot. Yeah, but you clearly don't really get shot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting one because I didn't understand it in the end, but well made. Yeah, yeah. I was clearly had an idea. To me. Um, let's talk about comedy in shorts. Sure. Because I feel like short films have the ability, like the comedy is one of the places where it can really work um, or, or you can really utilize short films in comedy. Uh there was, okay, so there was the one I talked about, Daddy-O, I think worked. But there, there was a few that just didn't because they just didn't have a story. Um, did you see Waffle? Nope. So there's this, there's that one, and then there was Voice in My Head. I didn't see that either. Really? Um, yeah, so they're just, they're, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, having a concept and having an idea, but not being able to uh, flesh it out with the story. So like voice in my head is about this, this guy who see literally sees this guy next to him from the moment he wakes up, who just tells him all these horrible things um, that you're supposed to take as the voice in his head. And then halfway through, one person goes, I can see that guy. And he realized that that's not the voice in his head. That's a real person that's just been following him around. And it's a good con. It's a right. good concept, but it doesn't really hold any water because it doesn't yeah, make then sense. What? Right. Then what? Yeah. And then it tried to turn it into like a romance, and then tried to make like it just it had it had that one joke in that yeah. one moment, and they built it all around that, but it didn't hold any water. So it 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 ultimately didn't work they didn't know where to go with it once they did that reveal and once they did that reveal they didn't have an explanation really because why didn't anyone say anything this whole time about a guy yelling next to him while he's at work or like they just you know and and waffle is the same way it's this it's it's this movie about some sort of modern app that this heiress this waffle heiress hired a best friend on this app and she had to pretend to be the best friend and then she kept threatening to give her bad reviews if she didn't do what she wanted and eventually it turned violent um and and it turns out that the woman who was hired was also hiring a boyfriend to come save her so that was the whole like the joke is that there were all doing things through the through technology and through apps right. and everything's but again it didn't it didn't have anything other than that so the story didn't work the acting didn't work so what do, what do we got here and it's interesting because like i said i think short films you can get comedies to work in short films 
Look at No Tomorrow, a brilliant film. Brilliant film. It's, it, but it's also proof of how hard it is to make a movie. I mean, you know, we always yeah. talked about how our problem was trying to cram a feature into a short. And that's, you know, I think a common problem for people. You want to try to get as much in there as you can. You want to develop your characters, but you don't have time to do all that. Um, and then, you know, that's not the only problem. Just like finding a story that is quick, finding a, a beginning and a middle right. and end that is quick, and then put your jokes in around that. Um you know, one of the 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 movie Basic is only four minutes long. It's I saw sh- that one. Yeah, it's the shortest one, and that it's, worked. It's really simple. It's yeah. It's basically this woman looking through Instagram photos and critiquing the the woman that she's looking at. Which I mean, who among us have not done that? And I think it's that's a really good way to kind of to mock how we read social media. And it worked. It was four minutes long, and it's good that it wasn't. A minute longer than that because then it would have had to have been about something else and i think that um that works yeah Um, and it goes to like the unique problems that shorts have as compared to featured i mean features it's it's a different it's it's a totally different art form yep and you you already said it's like it's fitting it's fitting the right type of story in the time frame and some of these just didn't have the right type of story for their time frames. So we're running a little long here for a quick fix, um, which is okay. But I want to just talk about a couple of the features uh, that I saw. And then I'll have, yeah. I have another question for you before we wrap up. Um, I saw Gunpowder Heart. I saw a documentary called I'm Gonna Make You Love Me. And I saw another feature called Le Choc de Futur, which translates to The Shock of the Future. All very okay. different movies. Um, Gunpowder Heart was, was probably, was certainly the best of the three that I watched. It was also the first, one of the first movies I watched aside from a couple shorts. Um, that's about two women who are in a relationship and they get sexually assaulted and then have to kind of figure out how to deal with that. Was not perfectly done. Um, I think all the pieces were in place. It just didn't have the seasoned director's touch, in my opinion, um, or the season's write, seasoned writer's touch, in my opinion. It also, and this is going to sound sensitive, but it also didn't have the balls to show what it needed to show. The sexual assault in it was very PG-13. Mm. This is, and this, look, I, I don't need to see Irreversible, for example, but to justify the internal conflicts and the actual conflict in the movie moving forward after that, I just think that we needed to see something more graphic, more intense, you know, more shocking uh, for these women to have dealt with, for them to then move forward. And, you know, I hate to say that that's the problem with the movie, but that was a little bit of the problem with the movie. Um, The acting was quite good. Uh, the direction was good. It was shot very much in this. You see it a lot. It's this kind of handheld in the streets kind of style. A lot of ca- cameras moving constantly. So really well made. A lot of really good things about this movie. It just didn't hit home the way I think that it really could have if it had a little more balls. <laughs> I mean, so maybe that's maybe that's inappropriate to say, but it just I just think it I don't know. I mean, film push. is a visual medium and. It has to work on that level too. 
to yeah. you know get across to the audience. So I mean, I didn't see it, but um, I don't think it's totally inappropriate saying that. Uh, and then Le Choc de Futur is about um, a woman in the seventies, France, that is living in an era where women aren't really respected in the music industry. Um, and she is experimenting with a new innovative style of music that also just isn't really accepted at that time. Um, you, I, th- I think if you were a real music buff, you'd enjoy this movie a lot more. I think if you were into the history of music and kind of the synthesizer style of music and when, how that came about and how that evolved, um, I think that you'd, you'd enjoy this movie a lot more. But Alma Jordorowski was the lead and she was fantastic in it. So that's the that's the biggest credit I'd give to that movie. And then finally the documentary I'm going to make you love me, which is really interesting. Um unfortunately it I felt like I'd sort of seen this documentary before, not exactly of course, but it's about a man named Brian who was born a boy um uh I think late teens early 20s um transitioned to become a woman because felt like he felt like you know that was better than being a gay. He he would he was ha- felt like he'd be more comfortable as a woman than being a gay man. Um, then, as that woman, he you know he became addicted to drugs, became very promiscuous, and sort of lived this lifestyle that you know was obviously un- unsustainable. And then eventually started to feel like he would be happiest as a man and transitioned back to a man. Now still lives with his husband and is is very happy. And uh, it's sort of a kind of an interesting. St- life story that you hear from him mostly um, I, i'd be more curious about the physical toll that would take on so person. i don't think he ever had uh surgery okay uh to but remove his like, penis, uh, but then, hormones and yeah all that all the head did all that yeah so it's it's yeah so that part's crazy and they talk a little bit about it but they don't get too much into it um but it does seem like that would take a toll for sure um but well-made documentary. It just it, it felt it felt very familiar. It's it's dealing with us, you know, the era like the era of the seventies and eighties, and um, you know, homosexuality and transgendered and the and the acceptance or lack of acceptance of that. Turns out he you know of course he tested HIV positive and is still HIV positive, of course. Um, so like dealing with that and that the AIDS crisis and everything. So it it's dealing with a time period that we've heard a lot about and seen a lot of documentaries and movies about. And it's just mm. focusing on this one character that has a very interesting life story. But it's a good movie. Um, so my last question to wrap this yeah. up that I was thinking about watching this is why do you think or do you think there should be an effort to make to create a bigger market for short films? Because they're really easy to watch a bunch of them. And we saw a couple good ones. I mean, when, when we know that when they're done well, they can be good. I, I feel like in the streaming world, that could be successful. Well, isn't that uh, new streaming service essentially that? Yeah, what's There's it called? Quib? Quib? Quib or yeah. something. Is, I, is anybody doing that? Is anybody using that? I don't know, but it's got some big people involved, and they have whole TV shows and everything. Um, I, I've not heard good reviews of it. But right. the whole idea is that, hey, you've only got 10 minutes or five minutes, um, watch something here. And it's not a bad idea. Uh, it, I mean, I'm all for any chance to give people more content and to make more content and give more filmmakers the ability to get their stuff out there. I'm for all of that. 
and in general i think the the cream does rise to the top and it, you can you'll discover the good ones eventually word of mouth uh obviously sometimes good ones get lost in the shuffle but um yeah i'm all for it i'm all for uh there being more of this sort of stuff the issue is unlike sort of episodic things you can't really get into them and and once you're into them you want to keep watching them even if it is 11 minutes what's the motivation to start it because you're not going to be able to continue anything else on with it so I, i think that's the problem with getting people to watch short films is what's in it for them in the end like you can say you've watched you can you know you watch a movie you can say hey you can check that off your bucket list or that movie you want to see a movie you enjoy you'll talk to a bunch of people about it you watch you know a tv show you might not be into the first episode might not be into the second episode but you're once you get hooked or you, you enjoy it you know you can keep watching it um short films you got you got nine minutes you watch it whether you like it or not um that sort of what you have that's your experience all right so this was good i think um yeah i don't think we need chapin anymore i think think no i mean i think that's uh, the biggest takeaway from yeah from the south by southwest (laughs) (laughs) there was that Uh, also that short film that said you should only have two podcasters right which i thought was strange because i thought that was oddly specific right it was (laughs) and they talked specifically (laughs) about movie podcasts that yeah. don't have a lot of I followers. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, what can you do let's to pay attention. It? Watch more short films and only have two hosts. Okay. All right. So that'll do it. We'll uh, send this over to Chapin, see soon if he edits it.